Hello and welcome to episode 68 of the Post 20 Podcast. My name is Evan. I am joined as always by my host, Matt. What's going on this week, Matt? Not too much. Um, I mean, this week felt a little bit longer. I was like, I totally forgot we had to record today. I was like, God damn. Yeah. But um, yeah, work's been chill. It pissed all day today, rain. So yeah. I was soaking wet. And I had to take a mad shit in the middle of my shift. I was in the <laughs> middle of nowhere, so I had to take a hot dookie in the in like a, a an abandoned hotel in Avalon. Jesus, was it open? Yeah, it was open. I mean, people live there, but like it literally looks like nobody lives there. Oh well, all right, <laughs> that's good. I'm glad it wasn't like a abandoned rental property or something like that. Dude, there are so many porta pots over there that I like can't. And the best part about this place was it was like actually good quality toilet paper. It oh, wasn't, I love like, that. The, the quarter half ply. So I was like, I'm in. Oh man, all the time uh, on the on the beach. Well, we we can just go right into the hotel when I work in the summertime, if if I have to go to the bathroom. But mm-hmm. um, if like some of those those beach towns over there. There's no like public bathroom, so you're beat. You gotta walk to a construction. Yep. There's always construction going on. So what yep. I do is just walk to I, I find a porta pot, and if there's guys, you know, if you have to take a shit, I mean, you have to. I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah, and then plus I can go in the the post office one too. It's a good. It's good to start off talking about where to take a shit if you need to take a shit. It's a it's a yeah. great start, isn't it? That's the good thing about the post office is I know all like little secret spots. Like if I need to, it's like, <laughs> I'm gonna go. This is my this is my afternoon spot. Or, <laughs> oh, dude, I was I, I'm gonna wrap myself out here, bro. I was I was literally not even close to a porta pot today, and I was on like one of the beach blocks, like right along the entrance. Yeah, I just popped my door open, like took a knee a knee, and just like pissed right on the side of the curb, man. I just couldn't hold it. <laughs> It went right up. It went right upstream. Well, we might have to cut that out. <laughs> we really, <laughs> we we really may have to cut that out. I actually am going to. <laughs> I don't think that's why. I don't think that's wise to have. Uh, said it's okay. I'll put it into Premiere and deal with it. But um, uh, yeah. I mean, it was it was a it was a funky week for me, man. I I didn't. Like I had a couple, I had one class canceled and then I had a meet, a Zoom meeting for another class canceled. So that was nice. I had two days off in the middle of the week, like Tuesday and Wednesday, but yeah. I just spent them doing like the work that I would have normally done in those classes. So it's, it's, it's really not a, a day off. It's just a day where you don't have to listen to the teacher fucking scream and yell. So, right. I mean, that was nice, but kind of, you know, like useless. And then, um, I, oh fuck. I took a, a peek at the amount of work that I have to do for the remainder of the semester and, you know, any relief that I had started to feel has absolutely left my body. I have mm-hmm. like eight or nine research projects uh, over the next month and a half, which it, it doesn't even make any sense. It, it makes no sense. Or it's, what, do you, it's, what do you have, like eight weeks left? Eight, nine weeks? Um... I mean, done, the rest. The end of May? April thirtieth is the last day of classes. It says. So, what about and then the following week is finals. Yeah, yeah. The following right. week would be finals. So I have until like May seventh or May eighth. Um, right, so, so like seven weeks. 
seven weeks. So so we're more than halfway through the semester now. But I I have no idea how I'm gonna get all this shit done. It's so much stuff. It's so much work. Um, but you made it this far. You'll be you'll be all right. You'll find a way. Yeah, I hope so. It, it's crazy because like at the end of the semester, everything compiles, and yeah. my professors were like, "Oh, we front loaded the semester, so that doesn't happen." And then today, when I like sit and look, it, like, and of course it happens. There's, mm-hmm. you know, your normal assignments they have to do every week, the discussion boards or the responses or the analysis or whatever the fuck. You got to do all of them. And then on top of that, you got to be working an extra five, six hours a week, at least more than that, really, on a research project. So it's like, you know, for, for the eight weeks that you have at the end of the semester, or six weeks, seven weeks, whatever, you're just fucking destroyed. And that's just how it's going to be. And I have to hope that, I don't get a phone call asking me to come back to work until, uh, you know, like the middle of May, because if I do, then I'm going to be stretched really thin. Yeah. But we are not here to talk about that for, for all that long. So we'll move on. We'll move uh, move into soccer. A couple, couple Europa League games went down today. Um, not much to note besides Spurs or shit, and Arsenal went through. Not surprising. The uh, rest of the game's pretty... Pretty uneventful, low-scoring day mm-hmm. in the Europa League. Uh, so, so we'll get on to the Prem. Uh, match day 28 of 38. The first matchup had Newcastle facing up against Aston Villa at St. James Park. Both teams walked away with a point after a really, really late bout of action. Uh, Sierra and Clark own goal in the 86th. And then uh, Jamal Lascelles, uh that was a penalty, wasn't it? Did he score what? a pen at the end? No, it was. Oh a no, header. it was open play. It was, yeah, it was. A, it was a corner, and literally as I was putting into my notes the one and O's for our records for the pick'em, uh, I heard Lascelles score, and yeah. I just instantly shut my phone off and threw it against the couch cushion. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, age uh, Jamal Lascelles header in the ninety fourth. To save the point for Newcastle, Steve Bruce lives to uh, see another day, huh? Uh, it's not going to last very long. I mean, they're they're sitting two points above Fulham right now. They yeah. do have a game in hand, which they're going to play on Saturday. But odds wise, they're they're looking like heavy underdogs, and I don't really see where they're going to get their goals until Callum Wilson comes back and. I don't think he's due back until like the end of March, so he'll be out for this and maybe the well he'll be out for this one because then there's I think international break and April third's the next matchup, but yeah. there'll be one more game without him, who's their top goal scorer with ten. But yeah, I don't know. This game was very boring. What we called it it was gonna be a low scoring game. It was literally gonna end zero zero until that Ollie Watkins uh deflection. Yeah. And I mean, there's not really much else to say about it. I mean, it was two boring teams. Villa, obviously, ever since Grealish has been out, there has been nothing uh, creative about him. And Ross Barkley hasn't even been getting the starts that he needs either. So, I don't know. Uh, two two very dull teams. Yeah, I agree. Villa not looking as sharp, obviously, since uh, since losing Grealish. But it seems like he's uh, starting to come back around. So, that's that's good. Um, there was one more thing I was going to say, and I totally forget what it was. So, honestly, uh, 
Oh, I remember what it was. Newcastle, 28 games played with 28 points, so they're averaging just one point per fixture. I thought that was interesting. Um, really kind of expected expected like more from Newcastle this season. I didn't think they'd go all the way down. I may have predicted yeah. it, but I, I just thought they'd be a little better. Yeah, they just didn't make enough summer signings. I mean, obviously... You could Same put COVID Max. up to that for everybody all the way around. But yeah, he, he got hurt early on, yeah. which hurt a lot because he's a big creative guy and he's out now again yeah. for a little while. So all their creative guys forward are out and at a peri- during a period of the season they had they were thin in the backs and then they still got rid of Yedlin. So I don't know. I think that's board issues, management, uh scouting problems all around it's behind the scenes the players are trying to do their best but they're not given a system to succeed in so i definitely think they're going to get relegated with the form they're in and obviously we're we're both biased pushing hard for fulham yeah uh, i don't i don't see west brom or sheffield getting out of it either uh we'll talk about the west brom game but yeah i don't fulham is, has the best chance of getting out yeah probably the truth the next game Leeds United Chelsea Matt and I took this one on live it was an uneventful uh affair Chelsea had a, a few decent opportunities they they played Pulisic out of uh out of position really uh more of a wing back role and I think once he got subbed off most of the light kind of evaporated from the game Havertz missed a few uh a few really good opportunities um, and the subs just absolutely killed any sort of momentum that Chelsea had going forward. Um, what, what do you? What else do you have to say about this? Because I thought this was a pretty pretty flat game. For Thomas Tuchel and the stats, he's unbeaten in twelve, uh, not counting the Champions League game, uh, joint the longest under the club's history since Felipe Scolari. But after the Champions League game, he holds the record. Uh, alone now which is crazy 13 games since he joined the club 13 uh 13 matches undefeated so that's a big big stat for him and for Leeds this is the lowest possession figure they've had at 38 percent uh under Marcelo Bielsa ever in any league game but um for the players that played in this game for Chelsea Havertz has been given a lot more faith he's been playing a lot better um Ziyech as well this match he didn't do as well same as Pulisic we both called they would probably be the first two subs and they were um obviously Pulisic out of position it's very tough for him to get into this team at his preferred position with uh Ziyech Mount Werner and sometimes Havertz out there as well even Hudson-Odoi I don't know there's gonna be a lot of movement in the summer I saw Roman Abramovich say uh in an article that it's gonna his mission to sign Holland it's going to be his summer goal. So, I mean, in my mind, that 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 uh, fires off some flags where we're going to have to sell two or three guys minimum to fund that, especially in a year where COVID hits all these clubs and everybody's revenue takes a huge tank. So uh, a lot of things going on th- at the club, but the most important thing every fan wants to see is results, and we are getting results. Tuchel's performing. The players are performing. And it shows in the league table and in the other competitions as well. So I don't really have any other complaints, really, about the club and where we are now. Yeah, I don't think you should have any complaints, really. I mean, uh, this was a, a 
underwhelming result. I'm not even going to say disappointing because I think Leeds do have, you know, a bit of skill and the ability to upset quality sides like Chelsea. I don't think it's, it's necessarily disappointing. I just think it's kind of an unfortunate result. It would have been nice for Chelsea to get that and, uh, and bump up, bump them up themselves up the table. But, um, I don't think this is an indictment of, of Tuchel at all. I think it's fine. You should be pretty happy with the way this team's playing, even if they're not scoring a ton of goals. Yeah, it'd just be nice if we were closer to that 2-3 spot because West Ham have a game this weekend that can put them joint with us. Yeah, And I think we still have to play them again. I might be wrong about that. Let me double check. But, but yeah, we do play them again at the end of April, so that's going to be a huge match for us to lock up Champions League because... I don't I don't see us winning the Champions League, funnily enough, even if Tuchel's undefeated. Yeah. Just the, the caliber of teams. That was going to be my next question. I didn't know if I wanted to ask it uh, for this Chelsea review or when we got to the Arsenal game, but uh, who do you think's going to finish further in, in their respective tournament? You think Arsenal or Chelsea? Uh, I think it probably will be Arsenal. I mean, I could see both teams going out pretty much at the same time, but... Um, the, the quality of competition in the Champions League is obviously much higher. Um, Chelsea are, are not only worrying, still worrying about the Premier League because they have some sort of, you know, opportunity to contend and get themselves in one of those higher CL spots. Um, even though it's, it'll probably be guaranteed to them anyway. Um, but, but I think there's just much, a lot less good, solid, competent teams and managers uh, left in the Europa League competition. I mean, we just saw Spurs go out today. Um, there's a couple like really shitty teams that are going to go through, and I just think that Arsenal will have a better chance of beating up on one of those guys in some tin can stadium than Chelsea do, um, you know, getting unlucky and drawing Bayern. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way they're beating that Bayern team or that City team. Yeah, I don't know. It it all depends. I mean, um, what was I gonna say? Has Chelsea, has Chelsea played City during Tuchel? Uh, no, not yet. I don't think. I I think they. Yeah, was, we lost three one January third. That was under Frank. And that was Frank. We play the, We play them on May eighth again in the league. So I mean, City's City's already already gonna have locked up the league. So it'll depend on if they rotate players or not, because they're not gonna be playing for anything. But Chelsea probably will be. So, uh, I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say about the game. Yeah, I I don't have a whole lot else to say about that either. Uh, we'll move on to another kind of slow one. Crystal Palace one, West Brom nil. Uh, Milivojevic scored in the thirty seventh with a penalty. Um, honestly, West Brom kind of outplayed Palace here. Uh, I, I was confident in Palace. I bet on Palace. They won me a little bit of money here, but just, you know, sorted affair. Always is. Uh, just very, very slow football. Yeah, I mean, Palace don't have anything to play for. We've said that. They're going to finish mid-table no matter what they do. Um, Milohojevic on the penalty. The penalty was the only clear chance in the entire game. I do agree that West Brom controlled the game more. Uh, at times, they definitely deserved a goal, maybe. But um, I'm looking here on the, on the insight. It said West Brom have won just one of their last 20 Premier League games in London, which came uh, over Palace in August of 2016. So they do not do well against London teams in London. 
Yeah. So for future reference, when they play, a, don't they still have to play Fulham again? Yes. No, they no. They play. They play Chelsea next in London. They play Arsenal in London, and then they play West Ham at home. Though, so they still got a few London teams. But I mean, it doesn't matter who they play because they just can't get consistency. And I, their striker they signed in January, Diagna, or what, I can't pronounce it, but Diagna, the guy they got yeah. from, yeah, they got him from Turkey. Uh, he just doesn't, he's not performing to the way they need him to. They, like, they brought him in to score eight to 12 goals and try to get them at least uh, a few wins, but it's not coming up in their way. So, I mean, Kyle Bartley's contributing more goals than he is, and he's a center back, so... Yeah. They have that. They have their issues. Um, you're seeing key guys performing still, like Pereira. He's definitely not going to be on that team next year. He'll probably get signed by uh, another mid-table team in the Prem, or maybe he'll go abroad. Um, Connor Gallagher will come back to Chelsea. He'll probably get loaned out again. You still have Maitland Niles, and I'm still huge on this uh, Yakuzlu guy. This guy is going to be a fucking steal. Yeah, at holding mid, I, I I can't praise this guy enough. This guy's a fucking baller in the middle. I love those gritty holding mids that fucking get down and dirty. I, I, to an extent, I like Jaka, but at the same time, there's some about him I don't like. But well, I'll tell you I, what, I don't like. He's fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> but that that type of player that you need in situations where they need to get in between the tackles and and break up the play is something every team needs. So, like Matt uh, used to do, right? Yeah, back yeah. in the day, he was an absolute baller. Uh, Conte, two years ago, he's still doing it, but two years ago in his prime. And um, I mean, we've said Makaleli, uh, Vieira, those like those types of players yeah. are the guys that every club needs. So he's somebody I keep saying you need to look out for in the future. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Uh, moving on, Everton one, Burnley two. This was an unfortunate, unfortunate game for me. Uh, but a really good game for Chris Woods, man. Chris Woods struck first in the 13th. Dwight McNeil followed with a super strike in the 24th. Dominic Calvert-Lewin got one back before halftime. But it wasn't enough to get Everton back into the game after the halftime whistle blew. Uh, pretty even here, I'd say, in terms of, of really nice chances. We were on the golf course while this happened, but I, I went back and watched a, a VOD of the game. Um, Everton just kind of like really not great when they don't have absolutely everyone on the pitch. Um, they played a pretty strong team here, but they were playing like Iwobi right in the center, and I just don't think that's that's perfect. I think they needed James here if they wanted to win. Yeah, no James, um, no Decore in there. Yep. And they're playing Mason Holgate kind of out of position at right back instead of Seamus Coleman. Mm-hmm. I'm um, looking here. It said Burnley have won away games against both Everton and Liverpool in a single league campaign for the first time ever and are the third to do so this season after City and Fulham. So um, good year for Burnley. Burnley's picking up key wins, but they're still in that relegation battle. You could say maybe they're in, maybe they're out of it, but they're putting good results together when they need to. Um, yes, Everton did not put out their best side. Jordan Pickford did get injured in this game, and he's going to be out for international break and probably be out for another extra week or two. So they're they're going to have to go with... Uh, they put in that Zhao Virginia. He's like their third string because Olsen's also hurt. He's a 21-year-old goalie from Portugal. Mm-hmm. Haven't really heard much out of him, but he did an all right job. He didn't concede anymore. 
after the two. Um, I don't know. I just Everton. I don't with this happening right now. After Everton beat Liverpool, um, they haven't they haven't won in, or they beat Southampton. Yeah, no, they haven't looked very well. They haven't looked that good since that Liverpool game. Like dominant, they've been struggling. And I really don't see them finishing above Liverpool. It's just like a jinx or something. There's something there. It's kind of like how um, Spurs hardly ever finishes above Arsenal. There's some sort of hex it's on those juju. two teams. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what it is. But they do have a game in a hand on Liverpool still, and they're joined on points. So they do still have opportunities, and the their fate is in their hands still. So they still can pull out that uh, finish above their rivals, but I don't see that happening. Yeah, I really don't either. I mean, Liverpool's slide isn't going to stop forever. It did it did stop this week uh with a win against Wolves. Um Everton kind of just selling in the bag. They had some really really nice momentum going, but then they they lost Allen around the holiday period, and I yeah. think that's really what killed them because ever since Allen went out, um they've suffered some other injuries. Obviously, no Hamez, no Decore in this game. Uh, that's huge for them. Uh, Tom Davies, although he's been you know honorable in his effort, uh, just not really of the same quality as either of those midfielders. And I think I feel the same way about Gomez. Gomez seems to play better when he has somebody else in there with him uh, to support him. I think Gomez and he play really well off of each other actually. Um, yeah. But having Iwobi in the in the uh, attacking mid role just not not great at all. I'm not a fan of him, really. The last stat I saw here is Everton's given up the most goals from outside the box this year with 10 joint with Palace. So they give a lot of long-range screamers. Oh, that comes down to Pickford and his height, too. I mean, that's a really big thing. His reaction times are great, but he's so small compared to the other uh, Premier League keepers. Yeah, Mendy's been a godsend since Exactly. Yeah, I mean, look how many fingertip saves he gets. It's that's it matters so much. Okay, moving on, Fulham nil, Man City three. Although Dang. we we both knew that City would win this game, it was still unfortunate to watch the mighty Fulham uh, suffer through a three goal bout with City, who are just truly so far and away the best team in the Prem. Uh, look look at their squad strength; they weren't even playing some of their. Best players, Aguero was in, Jesus was in, Torres was in. They played that as a front three. And then um, some of the other guys got rotated out as well. Mendy played this game. Uh, so so a lot of, a lot of uh, substitution scratches, things like that. And they still managed to absolutely batter Fulham, who have looked to be one of the you know, better teams over the past few weeks. So I don't know yeah. what you have to say about this, but this was you know what I expected. Yeah, it's, it's what I, it's what I expected too. But the first half, they were in this game. It was no no at the half. I thought it was great sign for Fulham. Good talk from Scott. We're still in it. While well, we do do the same thing, nick a goal, and just right off the bat in the second half, John Stones with another goal, having a crazy year up front now, and also in the defensive end. Just it just fell apart right there. Jesus and then Aguero with a penalty piled it on. And after that, it was just over. There was nothing you can do about it because you're not. Maybe they could get a goal, but you're not getting three against a city team like this. And I also just saw that Fulham have the worst home record in the league, only getting ten points from fifteen matches at home this season in the league. So 
they're the worst team at home. City's the second best team uh, playing away. Uh, probably, I mean, easy to see on the stat line, but yeah, I don't know. It was just, it, it was a, it was a reality check for Fulham there. And, and it was sad to see because other teams above them picked up points as well. So that gap is again, building widening. And really, yeah. And it's widening and they really need to, they need to get back things back uh, tomorrow against Leeds if they want to get out of that, that battle. That should be a really interesting game, and I'm rather excited for it. But for now, we'll move on to Southampton versus Brighton. I mean, wow. I actually bet on Brighton at the half here. Um, it it was 1-1 at the half, and I was like, nah, like Bright, Brighton have this trust. Is, did, did I pick Brighton? I think um, I did. I think I said the Tottenham which, or the what day was this on? This was the Sunday. This was on March fourteenth, Sunday. Yeah, you picked Brighton because this this whole slate on Sunday you went four and zero. Yeah, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and then, made a lot of money that day. Yeah, you went four and zero there, and then five and zero if you want to count the Liverpool game. So I mean, overall you went seven and three on your picks. You yeah, only that's missed, pretty good. You only missed the Everton, Chelsea, and Villa game. Damn. That's impressive. So I picked the shitters that are fucking impossible. Yeah. Uh, I, go ahead. I was just going to say the coin flip one was good for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a good old coin flip. Um, pretty pretty even here again. Uh, teams shared a couple of decent chances between them. Um, but, you know, we've talked about how how Brighton just can't finish, right? That's That's where a lot of their... Their issues lie. It seems like even if they play a team tight, they really struggle to finish. So it was nice to see, um, nice to see them kill the game off here with that goal by Trossard. I I just think Southampton are in one. This is one of the worst tailspins I've seen in so long. Mm-hmm. They are yeah. just dying. Yeah, they've lost 10 of their last 12 in the Prem, oh. and the, their previous 10 defeats in the competition were spread across 38 matches. So Danny Ings consistently being injured, um, their back line kind of being inconsistent. They've been rotating their goalies recently. They've been going back and forth with Fraser Foster and uh, Steve McCarthy. Or yeah. McCarthy, I forget his first name. But yeah, they've been rotating there, and then also... Minamino hasn't been playing every single game. He's kind of getting rotated in and out. They've been playing that Tella boy. Uh, Jay Adams has been their most consistent guy up front. He's scored in three straight games now. And Ward-Prowse as well has been involved. So uh, they're not getting consistency out of all their key players. And losing to a uh, Brighton side isn't very uh, isn't a good look for them going forward. No. Um, they needed to really get this to try and sort of figure their their form and momentum out and they once again failed to finish it so that's that's really going to be tough for for them to bounce back from Mm -hmm. uh let's move on to another absolute battering leicester city five sheffield united nil this one didn't get started until right before halftime when kalechi ianacho scored the first of his three goals um, and then that second half, I mean, what an absolute shambles that was for Sheffield United. Um, they have a new guy, Paul Hackenbottom. He's the one that stepped in. Uh, U21 coach got promoted a Saturday morning and then uh, had to coach a game on Sunday morning. So not a lot of time to prepare and not much to do with 
Um, yeah, fucking what's his name? What's the guy that that left? Chris. Chris Wilder. Chris Wilder. Sorry, Chris Wilder. Uh, Sheffield United ball boy player and then at manager. This was his club. Uh, he loved it very much, and that was always apparent in his um, press conferences. But he has gone. He has resigned and is done now. So uh, this is where Sheffield are, and I'm not so sure about how they're going to be able to get back up. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be. It's gonna have to be a massive rebuild, and especially after a year like this, financially, it's gonna. It's gonna definitely take a minimum of three seasons for them to get back. I don't see them keeping. Uh, keeping all their key guys that they brought in. I I don't know what's going to happen with Brewster because that was such a huge leap. I thought about that. They they put 30 bags up for him, or 30 M's up for him, and he literally hasn't scored a goal for them yet in any competition. And Or he might have in the League Cup, I don't know. But in the the Premier League, he hasn't done anything for them. Uh, He doesn't even consistently play in there. They they play 33-year-old Billy Sharp. He's in better form than him. Yeah. Yeah, their defense has been shaky with injuries. Uh, Rams does try to don't do his best in goal. Um, I mean, this game literally defines how their season has been. And uh, we we said a couple weeks ago the record for most losses in the Premier League in a season is 29. They're on 23 with nine matches left. If They, they only need to lose seven to, to get the record. So I definitely think they get, they're going to get it. I said it a few weeks ago they're going to break it. Um, th- they have no signs that show they will get a win. I mean, their next three matches in the league, they play Leeds, Arsenal, and Wolves. Yeah. And I don't, I don't see them getting any points in there. And also, um, this Sunday they play Chelsea in the FA Cup. So yeah. that we have the FA Cup now. So that's going to be going on alongside the other Premier League matches this weekend. So I mean, I don't know. The, the F they're put. They must be putting all their eggs in this FA Cup basket. Because yeah. that's the only, that's the only thing they can get out of the season that they can say we did this. Like I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's a really unfortunate thing because I think for small clubs, the crowds that you have are that much more important. I mean, yeah, you saw it. Leicester obviously have a really nice stadium, and it was a nice stadium before. Um, what's it called before they came up, but. Yeah. You see how much it matters. The season that Leicester won, um, the fan impact. I mean, for smaller clubs, it's just that much more important. Um, Players that play in the the top six teams typically have already experienced that. They've already witnessed that wherever they came from or whether they grew up playing in England or not. And those guys are used to it. But guys that aren't there all the time it does have an effect on them when they come up. I think it's a comfort thing and not having your, your, you know, loyal diehard supporters there has a huge effect. I think we have to kind of consider that when we, you know, do a retrospective on this season. Uh, there's a lot of things I think we're going to look back and, and, you know, draw lines to uh, as to the effects of, of COVID on the season and sports in general. I mean, I keep seeing it. Yeah, well, now we're seeing in America with the NBA, they're starting to have fans back. We saw the Sixers, they've been having a couple thousand fans in there, and you can actively hear them. Uh, some other stadiums aren't having fans, but in uh, the other sports as well. I know the March Madness is starting up today. There, There's no fans there, but 
there are signs of normality coming and in sports and in general. So I think by the end of the summer, we should see uh, a good portion of stadiums being full again. Yeah, that's great. I can't wait. Very excited. Uh, yeah, this was, I just wanted to say, this was kind of a Clutchy Nacho coming out party. I've I've thought that he's, you know, he's had quality. I think he's okay. I think he was okay at City too when he was really young. But um, this was a really, really good performance from him. Uh, he's continued his, his really sharp form as of late. And I'll be honest, Vardy looked pretty old and crusty and washed in this game. I watched this one uh, while I was, you know, running at the gym. I got to see the whole thing. And Iheanacho was really impressive, actually. They were sucking him after the first goal, and I was tired of it. But then I watched him score the the, the second two, and I was, I mean, I'm I'm kind of sold on him right now. Yeah, he's been at the club for four years, and it's been hard for him to break out with Vardy being in his prime and having that blistering pace. Uh, it's kind of hard to step out of that shadow. And he was in a similar situation at City behind Aguero. Uh, so uh, two very, um, two two rare situations you're going to have as a good player being behind an excellent player. Um, I don't know if this is going to last. I'm personally not sold on him yet. Um he still has a couple weeks to prove me wrong. He probably will with their next couple of matchups. Um, who do they play the following? They play they play Man City yeah. uh, April 3rd. That's their next matchup. So that should be interesting if he can score against his old club. If he scores against them there, then I'm sold on him as well. Okay. All right, that's fair enough, I think. Uh, let us move on. Arsenal 2, Tottenham 1. Arsenal come from behind in a bloody North London derby. Felt good. Felt really good to watch this. Uh, Lamella scored a... I It was a Rabona, but I wasn't as impressed as everyone else was. I mean, that wasn't that great of a goal. Are you serious? Come on, dude having the balls to pull it off in the game it literally was a perfect nutmeg into the bottom corner dude that 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 for me was one of the top five goals this season in the prem oh i'll give it top five of the season but like people are compare people are comparing it with some other crazy ass goals like, i think with with the what's the word i'm looking for the in a derby match against your rivals and doing that uh where it's square not like you're up three nil yeah, just I don't know. Just that the the huevos to do that is crazy, and they did show a flashback like eight years ago when he did in the Europa League. That yeah. one was even better, dude. That one went the top bins, but yeah. I I mean he's the only guy that I've seen do this, but yeah, I don't know. Hats off to him for that, but it wasn't enough. Martin Odegaard got his uh his first goal for the club, right? This well, was his first it, goal. it was his first uh, Premier League goal, yeah. Right. Okay. Because he scored that screamer last week against uh, Benfica. Oh, yeah, true, true. And then Lacazette as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Aubameyang didn't play in this match. He was getting disciplinary action or something. <laughs> yeah, what was it? Yeah, so he, I, the word is that he was late. There's a picture of him in his chrome-wrapped Ferrari. Uh, I, think, I think he drove the Ferrari to, to the stadium. Nice. There is a picture of him sitting in traffic like five, six miles away. At, this game went down at twelve thirty, at twelve fifteen. So he must have been he must have been late. He must have been a couple minutes late, and and that's why um, 
Arteta dropped him. I think that kind of was a bold choice. I mean, maybe he dropped him just because he literally wasn't going to be there in time. Um, and that's fine. But if it was anything more than that, I think that a lot of the dressing room is probably going to have some questions about it. And that's what most of the pundits have said too. Right. Um, but if that's the rule, you know, if that's Arteta's rule, then it's Arteta's rule. And he has to enforce that for everybody, even if it's the club captain. Alba was out there again uh, tonight for, for Europa League. So I don't think it's going to be anything serious. Um, but yeah, there was, you know, disciplinary action. That's That's what Arteta said. Yeah, I'm glad he holds up to his standards Me too. no matter who it is. So gave it probably gave Smith rather the start in this match and then he had uh Pepe come in for him later on. So good good to see all around. I'm really happy for you getting that win. Spurs yeah. have been on a spiral ever since. Yes, they have. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Um it felt good though. It felt really nice to see Arsenal get that uh over Tottenham. I wasn't really expecting it. I thought that, you know, the Bale Kane son Lucas uh quadro Copter was just gonna absolutely fucking yeah. demolish Arsenal. But yeah, you got you got lucky with an early exit from Sun in the nineteenth minute. Yeah, hamstring, I think. So he's mm-hmm. he's yeah. really contact. That's not great. Uh, I know they said they were gonna reevaluate him in a couple weeks. Yeah, so not good from him. And then Bale looked uninterested in the match as well. So he was mad when he got subbed off, though. So that's yeah, he got subbed off early, like fifty eighth minute. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't uh, thrilled about that. Lamella got a red card, by the way, in the uh, in the seventy sixth, and there was never once that uh, Lacazette penalty went in. I don't think really Spurs were ever getting back in. Harry Kane did bounce one off the post uh, on oh, a yeah. on a free towards the end, and that scared the absolute shit out of me. But that was really um, that was like the only serious threat. And wasn't that the first London derby wins in like six years or something? Six, uh, so that was the sixth meeting. So three years, I think. Three years. Because okay. you play it twice a season, typically. Right. Um, and that was the sixth meeting. We've never gone sixth. We've never gone six in a row without winning. So there you go. We managed to keep that streak going. And uh, Tottenham are just on a downward spiral. They all they do is like spiral, then they're sick. Spiral, then they're sick. Spiral, then they're sick. And that's just that's Jose. That's what that is. Well, they're lining up to finish around that six right now, depending on if Everton keeps crumbling as well as Liverpool. But one of those teams has to finish six. So we'll see who it is. Yeah, maybe it's Arsenal. Perhaps it is. I don't. Probably not. But it'd be nice. Uh, I think. I think you guys have a good run coming up. Hopefully. I mean, we're planning against some really shitty teams, so hopefully they'll... Well, I'm looking at it now. Maybe not. Oh. Don't even tell me. All right, yeah. Just let me enjoy today going through in Europa. Uh, Not a ton to say here. Manchester United won West Ham nil. A Craig Dawson own goal um, was the difference. Kind of just... I don't have a ton to say about this either, other than Greenwood actually impressed me in this game. He looked very lively, um, a little bit of electricity <clears throat> uh, coursing through him. He was just moving around really well, and I think um, that I wasn't expecting him to be so great up there, um, but he's better than Rashford has been up there, so uh, I, he gets my like you know underappreciated. Yeah, Rashford before the game was doubtful, but he still got the start, surprisingly. And 
I, I, I have to be honest. I literally passed out during this game. I, was boring, I, I woke man. up towards the end. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking here now. The lineup that Moyes picked was curious to me because he started Mark Noble in the middle with Ben Johnson. Yeah, and he he's leaving these attacking guys on his bench like Ben Rama and Lanzini. Yep. I was just a little taken back by that. I don't know why he didn't want to go all in for it. If I was him and we're in a situation like this in fifth, like, why don't you just fucking go for it and send it? Well, he played a really funky formation as well. Three at the back with, like, he had, like, Declan Rice playing further back than I think he typically does play. Right. And Kufal and, and Suchek played opposite each other on the flanks, which was really strange. But like Suchek cuts in and obviously stays in the midfield more than than Kufal does. But like, just a really, I think a really strange uh, team sheet from from Moyes. I th- I was expecting something stronger than this. Yeah, and I I was upset because I backed him on the on the bets. I was like, what the fuck, Moyes? Yeah, uh, United were were favorites here, not heavy favorites. So I was uh I was surprised, but. Ultimately, they sneak by and get themselves all three points. Next one, Wolves nil, Liverpool one. Liverpool skate by Diogo Jota scores against his former team in the stoppage time of the first half. And that is the decider uh, on the points. Liverpool continuing to look flat. Salah looked uninterested. That's that's the only word that I can give to you. Mane seems like he's continuing to try and put in a shift, but he's also, you know, just, he doesn't look the same. It looks like he's kind of forgotten some of that magic that he had uh, in past seasons. Alcantara, Thiago, absolute goon. I mean, he is a straight-up goon. Every time I watch this guy play, I'm like, you guys thought you were getting, you know, a deep-lying playmaker, but you got a fucking hockey player. He He's such a bastard. Yeah, I bet uh, the first 15 minutes to be the first card of the game. And he literally went in with a dirty fucking tackle that wasn't called in the 12th. Yeah. And I was mauling. And then I went to training later. And going back to even before the match started, I was on my way home from work. And I was going to bet on Joe to score at like plus 140. And I didn't. I was like, eh, maybe not. I don't know. The last time I bet on him, it didn't work. And I, I put that in the back of my mind as a sign that I'm going to be pissed. And I was setting up my drills, and I got the notification. I was like, I'm a fucking moron. Yeah. So, I mean, good result for Liverpool. Um, I'm looking here on, at the stats. Uh, I see a little tip here. It said that uh, Wolves have lost their last nine Premier League games versus Liverpool, the joint longest losing run versus side in their league history. Uh, crazy stat there and as well as Liverpool have only lost two of their last 100 Prem games in which they've scored first that's an interesting stat Mm -hmm. Hmm. so when Liverpool scores first you know it's on yeah that's that's a good one to know actually Uh, also a a rare clean sheet yeah, extremely rare uh oh we I forgot to say this was the game that Patricio got fucking clobbered Oh yeah, I saw that afterward. I saw the. Oh my god, he got drilled, and yeah. they said he was fine uh, a couple hours after. Yeah, thankfully he put, he put some out on social media. I was like, how the fuck did he just like not lose his half his head, dude? He took a knee right to the domer. Like that shit looked brutal. That was way worse than the the Raul Jimenez thing. Wolves just getting battered by head injuries. 
It's unreal. I'm sure he'll be at, he'll he'll have a week off or something. Like he's gonna be out. Yeah, they'll give him a week off, and uh, I think their their other keeper, his name is like John Ruddy. Oh yeah, it is John Ruddy, the old Norwich guy who got absolutely annihilated on top <laughs> by Suarez every year. <laughs> yeah, it is John Ruddy. Check that out. That's okay. funny. Norwich. <laughs> oh my god, I remember when they were up with Leroy Fur. He's playing in Turkey now. Funny enough, funnily yeah. enough. Um, okay. Oh, also Turkey update. Ozil hasn't done anything in Turkey. Nah, Absolutely man. nothing. He's just growing his own brand and making that money, man. Yeah, Mesut Ozil streetwear. Pretty cool. Pretty uh, do cool. you do do you, my guy? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, okay, moving on. We have a couple games to talk about here. Uh, there's like. What are the? Is there a couple makeup games here? I think so. There's a couple of them that need to make up games. Uh, Fulham don't. Fulham are like a game ahead. They're gonna be two ahead of Newcastle. No, Newcastle has one. Newcastle are gonna be making one up here. Um, our Leeds, Leeds are okay. West Ham, Arsenal. There's a few of them. All right, so I'm going to read you guys the match days because this is where it's supposed to take place. Match day 29 of 38, Fulham takes on Leeds United. That is tomorrow, uh, March 19th at 4 p.m. Ooh. That's... That's tough because Leeds are, like, in really shit form. And Fulham, obviously, going up against Man City, you kind of want to put that one off to the side. Bless you. Thank you. I muted on the podcast, so I'm not going to destroy everyone's ears. (laughs) Just yours. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Off the rip, uh, I back Fulham. That's my instant gut. Okay. Uh, Oh, shit. The last time these guys played was early on in the season, September 19th. Leeds won in an absolute It was a barn burner, burner, right? I remember this game. Four to three. Yeah. Uh, Helder Costa to Mitrovic had two on the other end. There, there were absolutely goals all over the place. Um, I don't know if we're going to see that here, especially with the form everybody's in. But I remember that game. That was a that was like the third, second or third week, dude. It was fucking. It was a, amazing. Yeah, that was one of the first games where we saw Leeds actually open up, and we were like, "Holy shit, these guys are going to go in." Yeah. Um, but uh, off the rip, uh, was it Fulham? Ooh, Fulham's the home team. I did say Fulham's home record. They are the worst in the league. I'm curious uh, to see what you got here. I'm going to go Leeds here, based off that. You're going to go Leeds? Yeah, I'm going to go Leeds. I'm going to regret it, but I'm going to go Leeds. Um, that's hard. I'm actually going to go Leeds, too. I think they'll op- they'll like open up this Fulham team. Well, actually, what is Banford's situation? Because we didn't mention in the recap. Oh that yeah, he had. A... He did pick up an injury. Um, we think there, I'm seeing here. They think he will play Friday. He has a knock on his hip that is painful. Yeah, he had like a hip point yeah. knock, but they think he'll be able to play. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Leeds then too. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Next game: Brighton versus Newcastle. Brighton did it for me last week. I'm gonna continue because I feel like I owe it to them. Uh, and Newcastle didn't look impressive whatsoever. I mean, they just kind of skated by versus a Villa team who are better than them. Uh, but that wasn't the, the strongest Villa side, being without Grealish. So I don't think that says anything about Newcastle. I think I know who Newcastle is. I think they're shit. And I think Brighton is better. 
Um, yep, Newcastle are still going to be without St. Maximin and Callum Wilson. Um, Almiron may be on the bench, depending on his knee. And Fabian Scher is definitely going to be out for the year. So they'll be out with those three. Uh, Miguel will be a huge boost if they could use him. Um, both teams are in that relegation battle, 16th and 17th. If somebody comes out winner, a, vic- a victorious in this match, um, they're going to have a huge weight taken off their back. And I think I'm going to go out on a limb here because both teams, Brighton are terrible at home. Newcastle are terrible away. Well, they're terrible in general, but... Um, after that Aston Villa game, uh, Brighton are in the similar situation where they don't really have much firepower. Uh, Villa without Grealish, but Brighton in general with everybody still don't have great attack force. I'm going to go with the draw here. I think this is going to get dragged out to the end of the year with these three teams being Fulham, Newcastle, and Brighton really uh, shuffling for that last relegation spot. All right. Fair enough. Moving on, Aston Villa, Tottenham. This game takes place Sunday, March 21st at 3.30 p.m. I am, I'm going to have to like go straight off my dome because there's a couple of these that I'm going to like overthink. I'm with Tottenham because I don't know what the gorilla situation is. Yeah. Uh, what are they saying about him right now? Where's my thingy? Did I just delete the tab? Oh, I'm so dumb. No, there it is. It's saying Grealish uh, hasn't... Uh, that's old. It says potential return March 21st. So he could may be, be... He could be back. That would be huge. But I don't think they're going to rush him because they're not in contention for... Well, you could say they're in contention to make Europa League, but they're really going to have to win. They have two games in hand, actually, so they might be in it. Um, Tottenham depending on what Sun's situation is. Um, yeah, he's definitely not going to play this weekend. And Lamilla's going to be out, so they're going to have to play Deli Alley here and uh, Bale and Lucas behind Kane. So that might be some chemistry issues. Aston Villa, I think they have a good core still there. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Villa. I'm going to take a chance. I think Mourinho's spiraling here. All right, that's fair enough. I I think he is also spiraling. I just think Tottenham will be better. Uh, right. next one, absolute banger. I mean, this is this is technically match day twenty nine, whereas the Villa versus Tottenham one is match day eighteen. Um, but West Ham take on Arsenal at eleven a.m. So this is the first game on Sunday. This is gonna be really tough. I think this game is at the London Stadium, which is uh. West Ham's home ground now. Yeah. And I don't know. This could be a really hard... This is going to be a hard game for Arsenal. I'm going to back my boys because I've, you know, as I've continued to back them, uh, they've been doing well for me. So I'm going to back Arsenal. Arsenal are slight favorites in the odds at plus 145 to West Ham's plus 180. Uh, West Ham are home. West Ham have the second best home record in the league, whereas Arsenal are 10th in their away record. Um, Very hard to break down this Moyes team um, unless Moyes comes out with a lineup like they did with United. That might have been fitness or I don't know what he was doing, but 
if they go back to normal, I see it being very uh, a very close match for both sides. Uh, Lingard should be back um, because of the United thing. He didn't play, so yeah. he will be back. That's going to be interesting to see how Arsenal copes with him. Um, what is this? Is Saka hurt? Uh, no, he's not. He was on the bench today, I thought. I'm or no. Look. Maybe he did. Maybe he did uh, go says off injured. The, says that he's he's having like muscular issues or something with his thigh, but it's very slight. Okay, he did get subbed uh, off in in the Tottenham game, so maybe they're they're just trying to rest him and keep him fresh. I'm gonna go with the storyline. I'm gonna go with Arsenal to win here, okay. following that Spurs loss. Uh, if Arsenal wins and Spurs lose, Arsenal will only be one point behind Spurs in the table. Just making it very interesting going into the tail end of the season. So I'm going to go with Arsenal. Okay, sounds good. We're both on Arsenal. Now we'll move to match day 28, which is the, or match day 30, which is the actual uh, weekend games. No, actually, what, these April are. April 3rd? No, that, they're that's not. Like two they're weeks mid- from now. Oh. We already, we already went over everything then, didn't we? Yeah, that's it. Unless you want to talk about potential Champions League matchups and Europa League. Since the Europa League's done, United are through uh, after a 1-0 win off a of Paul Pogba goal. Mm-hmm. Subs in, scores two minutes later, he's through. Steven Gerrard out. Rangers out. Slavia Prague continue their Europa League dreams. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure Suchek was on FaceTime as well again. Yeah. Uh, my beloved young boys... Uh, that came out wrong, but they are out to Ajax and very out through, along with, like we said, the Spurs fallout, Arsenal through, Granada held on, and Roma through. Um, if you're Arsenal right now, who would you want to face right now, and who would you least like to face? I don't want to play, um, I don't want to play Ajax, because I think, like, they've probably been one of the stronger teams that I've watched in this competition. They have a lot of depth. And I don't want to play any single one of their many lineups because they are tactically so good. They're always tactically really good, and they're sleepers. Um, the team that I would want to play most probably Roma. I think I don't think Roma's all that great. Um, they've been really solid in the Europa League so far. I don't know where they sit in the. Um, I don't know where they sit in the Syria. Uh, rankings, they, but I don't think they're, they're that great. I think they're in like sixth or seventh. Yeah, they're sitting sixth place, tied points with Napoli. Yeah, so I mean that's okay. Um, but but I'd feel way more confident going to go up against Roma than I would against most of those other teams. Like I don't want to go against Zagreb or any teams like that because um, or like Granada. They got maybe they got maybe Sol- Granada, but they got Sol- Soldado up top, mate. Yeah, he's a slow bastard. Old. They're they're, sit, they're they're sitting eighth in La Liga right now. Villarreal also in the competition. They're in seventh in La Liga. So, few Spanish teams, few few random country teams, but Villarreal yeah. are okay. So I guess mm-hmm. either Roma or or Granada. Okay. And I'll ask the same for Chelsea. I mean, who do you want to go up against least in in the CL, and who do you want to go up against the most? I mean, it's pretty obvious. The number one team you do not want to draw right now is Bayern Munich. They are an absolute powerhouse. Um, 
they they are definitely the best team when it comes down to business. They get players literally for free that are worth two hundred million dollars on the market, being Lewandowski. Um, and also they they sell off players at key times too. They make they make absolute ridiculous money off players like Tiago and um, other guys. I mean, their most recent signing that was kind of they had to, to spend the budget on was Sané, but I haven't really heard too much about him, but that's the type of team it is where you don't hear crazy things about Sané, who at City was an absolute powerhouse, and now he's just another average player. So Bayern Munich are definitely the number one team. I don't want to play uh, a team that we probably... I would be okay with right now is either Porto or Liverpool. I definitely would want to play Liverpool now with all the chaos going on. Um, I don't know what it is. There's just something about Liverpool that I think we have on them. And obviously Porto is the, the smallest club out of all the other ones. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I mean, the draws tomorrow for both competitions. So we'll have more clarity on what we're going to get. Mm-hmm. And I think that next round it won't be until when? When is the next set of matches supposed to be? For the Champions League? Yeah. I don't know. It's probably not until like uh, April, right? Um, trying to find them. It's not going to show me. It doesn't look like those things have been even decided yet. Um, where is it? Quarterfinals, second leg. No, April April sixth and seventh is the first leg of the quarters for okay. the Champions League. All right, and I'm sure Europa League's the same time, so it'll probably be the eighth and ninth. Yeah. So oh. we got not very far away to prepare for whoever we get, but it should be very interesting. I mean, Chelsea haven't won it since 2012, infamously against Bayern in Germany. And when was the last time Arsenal won some European silverware? A long time ago. Let me see. Arsenal European trophies. Um, two European honors. That's it. Um. Oh, so maybe never. No European trophies. That that can't be right. Uh-huh. Maybe it was maybe it was before like it, the modern era. You definitely won like. European well, there's like there's like that. dumb shit. There's like the 1963 to 64 Intercities Fairs Cup. Apparently, yeah. that's a European honor, and the Cup Winners Cup in 1994. Hmm. The latter title recognized by the European Confederation. I don't know. I think, I mean, Arsenal right now, they need to go all in on the Europa League because that's their best shot to make Champions League next season, obviously. But um, I don't know. I, I'm really hoping, pulling for you guys. Uh, I think if Chelsea can w- make it to the semifinals, I think that will be my, that would be satisfactory to me because at that stage, it's like you're facing the best teams in the world. Yeah. By the way, I just I confirmed it. They have never won Champions League or the Europa League. They have come second in both. Um, obviously, wow. they lost to Barca, like two one in the two thousand six final. But before yeah. that, uh, two thousand, they lost the Europa League, which used to be called the UEFA Cup. 
yes. to to Galatasaray. So never. Oh, the damn Turks. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, now's the best time in general for sports. Watching sports, you got March Madness. You got. Champions League, Europa League, FA Cup, Premier League, MLS is starting to come back. You got NBA. Uh, there's all types of things, and then you have your live tennis betting on and all that shit. So, a lot of money to be made or lost, and a lot of sports to be watched. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm very excited. Hopefully, there's not a lot of money to be lost for me; just a lot to be made. <laughs> um, but we'll see. Got got a couple things going on tonight. Got a couple plays in, so we shall see. All right. I think that's all we got for you guys. Um, thanks for tuning in. Just right on the nose at an hour. I'm going to go eat dinner. Um, but yeah, thanks as always for tuning in. Make sure you interact with us. Check out our social media. Uh, we are at Post20Pod on Twitter and Instagram and wherever you can find podcasts. Spotify, Apple Music. or I don't think Apple Music and Apple Podcasts are together yet. So we're on Apple Podcasts technically. Yeah. Uh, SoundCloud as well and YouTube because we do the video the, the video once now as well. So uh, yeah, that's all that's all I got for you guys. Anything from you, Matt? Nope. Thank you so much for listening and uh, make sure you check out uh, or, or on YouTube hit the notification bell so when we go live uh, we're gonna probably do our first uh, or our next live stream should be on YouTube. We have the format set up. We had to wait uh, for a 24 hour verification period. That's why the previous stream was on instagram again so the next stream you guys will see from us will be on youtube so make sure you have that notification bell hit yeah all right uh we'll see you guys this weekend we haven't figured out what game we're doing hopefully uh hopefully we will soon and then we'll tweet it out or instagram it out so you guys know all right yep thanks again for listening we'll see y'all later take care see ya